0: Three,
1: two, one, zero. Welcome to the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. This time around, we are... I have Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier, back with me, and this time we are talking about, well, the main topic is not UFOs, Uh, although we will probably get into UFOs, but uh, we are talking about a subject that, for some reason, is uh, kind of controversial with people, and that is Atlantis. How you doing, Steve?
2: I'm doing okay. I'm just down here in my submersible I'm at, the, at the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle here. Oh, really? Um, just floating around, see see if I can find anything. See, I'm looking for some crystals. See if I can find some crystals.
1: Uh-huh. Find any uh, yet? Or?
2: no, but Edgar Casey told me they would be here, so you know. Uh, and he wouldn't lie, now would he?
1: Oh God, so no, no, not at all, never.
2: Just floating around, look looking for it.
1: Oh, uh, so. Yes, we are talking about the lost continent of Atlantis. Uh, spoiler, it's not lost; it never existed. It only existed in a man's mind, and now, well, now it exists in a lot of people's minds. Yes. And Steve, please tell us, tell us how how real uh, Atlantis is
2: um it's about as real as tatooine okay um which is because yeah that's not real it's not real it's about Um, as real as alderaan yes (laughs) although tatooine still exists
1: well (laughs) yeah
2: alderaan no longer does uh you could call that the lost planet um but yeah so atlantis um i mean it comes from plato everybody talks talks about plato uh, because he's the guy who invented it, mm-hmm. you know. As you talked about being in in a, in a man's mind, it was Plato's mind, um, and it sort of takes a life on life on its own, of its own. And and there's kind of like two kind of strains of Atlantean believers, right. There's people, uh, and some of them we'll talk about in a bit, Ignatius Donnelly or Charles Berlitz, who try and use kind of scientific methods, mm-hmm. geology and things like that, um, to sort of sort of prove it, right? Basically use science to prove that Atlantis existed. Right. Um, and, and then you've got the kind of old, slightly less realistic... Beliefs of somebody like Edgar Casey, who goes, oh, oh,
1: the real hard science. <laughs>
2: yeah, the real hard science people. Um, and um, I just recently reread uh, Casey's book on Atlantis, and it is weird and bizarre and one, a lot of fun to read.
1: One, one of my favorite words to use, and uh, would it would it be apt here? Disjointed.
2: Yes. Well, <laughs> see, the the thing with with Casey's book on Atlantis is he didn't write it. Ah, uh, oh. Right. It was it was written by his son.
1: Oh, okay. Right?
2: Or, or or as he says in the book, interpreted oh. by his son. And so what what it is is basically what he's done is he's gone into the Ark Ed, Edgar Casey archives, mm-hmm. found all of his quote unquote readings mm-hmm. that talk about Atlantis, put them in a book, and then kind of explain them as, as we we go as he goes through. So that that's why it's a little bit disjointed because mm-hmm. it's more of a way of sort of saying, here's what my father thought. Here's what he means kind, kind of thing rather than a kind of a, a coherent narrative. it's, it's, it's in, a, in a weird way, it's kind of written by two people. right. One of whom is dead by that point. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, way, to, way to make money make, off your off your maybe, dead dad.
2: Maybe maybe.
1: Oh, oh yeah, maybe.
2: maybe maybe may did.
1: Maybe he, know. maybe he maybe uh, he came back and gave the secret code word.
2: Well, no, because case, Casey believed in reincarnation.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, so... so maybe he came back as like a you know a chinchilla or something, and uh,
2: exactly, exactly, uh,
1: communicated with his son,
2: and 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 by his beliefs, you, Jason yes. from Parma, you could be reincarnated, Atlantean soul.
1: I doubt it. I can't because swim because he believed
2: that some that, that, <laughs> that some at some Atlanteans became reincarnated into modern people.
1: Well, actually, that would make sense. You know, I can't. I, you know, I can't really swim. So, uh, you know. Well, Th- neither that, could that, they. That was yeah. the
2: problem. <laughs> <laughs> so now Atlantis wasn't an underwater kingdom, right? It's not not the submarine or anything like that aquaman Uh, aquaman
1: aquaman is fiction ladies and gentlemen it it is right yes okay good i didn't i didn't i didn't want to do any fake news here so all right origin where where did atlantis come from where where did where did all of this begin
2: well it, it comes it comes from sort of two dialogues uh, okay. uh, from Plato and, and dialogues are just just what they do it was it was the way the ancient Greeks kind of wrote books and mm-hmm. explored their philosophy they didn't write it in a book what they would do is they would kind of like do these kind of little like dialogues kind of like mini plays right in, in, right in which they, they had characters debate Mm-hmm. Um, and there are two. One called Timaeus, and one called Critias, um, in which he talks about Atlantis. And so the the whole the whole debate about whether it's true or not it comes from the fact about whether Plato just kind of used created this idea of Atlantis, this place of Atlantis, as a kind of as as you know, I've always always said this, uh, I always sort of refer to it this way, a galaxy far, far away. Yes, right. Yes. That kind of, okay, uh, he, he, Critias, uh, the, who is kind of the main guy who talks about about it, he kind of sort of gives us the most fleshing out of what Atlantis was. Right. You know, and so he, so the idea is that Critias he uses Plato uses Critias to to kind of talk about this kind of philosophical perspective, okay. and so he creates Atlantis as this kind of super kingdom, this highly advanced kingdom, this. Place of intelligence, a uh, great intelligence, great art, this kind of almost jewel of a civilization, in order to talk about a variety of things. Right. Um, one, one interpretation is the kind of, it's almost like an anti war thing, mm-hmm. because at one point, Critias talks about uh, how the Atlanteans. For no apparent reason, go to war with, with Athens,
0: hmm.
2: right? Like they've they've got this this kind of great empire, this great uh, uh, you know this this great kingdom, and then for no reason they decide to attack uh, Athens. Because and so that's the, what that's
1: what you do when when you have all the power.
2: Exactly, you know. So you you can kind of read it as a kind of. The folly of war, kind of thing, this kind of, you know, tra- trying to overreach yourself, mm-hmm. right? You know, what. Y- you know, they, the Atlanteans had no reason to go to war with Athens. They weren't particularly hostile to each other. It's not like Athens and Sparta where, where they were kind of rivals. Right. So so war between them is kind of natural because they're both trying to expand, you know, their kind of empires and their influences. It's not like that because Atlantis is in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know... Plato never really specifies exactly where it is. He just says it's like not in the Mediterranean, right? It's, it's beyond Gibraltar and things like that. So it's it's somewhere, you know, in, in um, the Atlantic or what we would now today call the Atlantic Ocean, you know. And so he creates this. Kind of, so the idea is he creates this kind of mythical, legendary place to make these kinds of comments it's also a kind of pro-athens kind of thing because here was this big mighty um culture that dared to go to war with athens and uh, we kicked their asses Hmm. so it's 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 kind of also you can also kind of read it as a kind of pro-athens propaganda Hmm. Right. You know, here, right. you know, just to just to, to kind of talk about how, you know, how great Athens was, because here was this kind of mighty, you know, in some ways, <clears throat> kind of like the Vietnam War. Right. This kind of mighty country like the United States sort of humbled by this lesser country that, or at least seemed to be this lesser country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing. So, you know, the, here was here, here, here was Atlantis, this great country, this great Island, quasi island. We'll talk about why it's quasi island in a minute. Um, and then they we defeated them. Mm-hmm. And when we defeated them, it ended up in this kind of natural destruction, almost as if the gods were angry at them for you know presuming to be able to beat Athens. Ah. So that's kind of what it, kind of what it. And the thing, is, the thing is too that part of the problem that we have with Plato's discussion of Athens is the dial- the the dialogue of Critias where he talks about it the most it's not finished. Hmm. You know, he it it, it literally breaks off mid sentence. Oh. <laughs> right. All like, right. It does like it's 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 like he he he's right halfway through the sentence he got distracted. Hmm. Uh, and then he never got back to it.
1: So, sounds like my writing.
2: Yeah. So, you know. Sounds
1: like my whole thought process. <laughs> um Yeah, my mine, mine too. Mm-hmm. Um, squirrel. Um
2: <laughs> Yeah, so um. we
1: um we we have actually talked about Atlantis before. We have. But on uh during the In Search of series, which I am going to link to that episode in the show notes because I think that was an excellent uh excellent discussion. Uh, Steve yeah. got to flex his uh Fle flexes uh 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 what do you call it? Uh your your intellectual muscles. Yes, it's true. Uh that was way back, season one, episode ten.
2: That was when In Search of was actually kinda good.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so So what happened? Like, you know, uh, it's obviously a fictional tale yeah. uh it's it's a dialogue it's a yeah. it's a propaganda piece if you will for yeah. athens yeah.
2: And, and and one of the reasons why because because Plato did refer to places that actually existed right but right? like he, he did use historical places as you do i mean yeah exactly exactly
1: i mean um, uh you know orwell. Orwell used historical places, you know, of even course. though Oceania didn't exist of as a country, you know, he still used London, he still mentioned other places that actually do exist, but Oceania, you know, as a country doesn't exist.
2: Right. And the reason we know... We, 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 like, we wouldn't say o- Oceania doesn't exist. I mean, as a place it doesn't exist. Right. But we, we, we can link it to a specific histor- mm-hmm. historical period, a historical place, because we have references to those those historical places right. beforehand. And a lot of scholars, and this is why they, they, they argue that Plato made it up, is Plato is the first reference we have to Atlantis. Hmm right now you know and and think of this idea this this great civilization this uh, civilization that was more advanced than any other civilization on the earth at the time right this is the first time we've heard we've heard of it <laughs> <laughs> right i mean you know there's you know i mean there would be references to it mm-hmm. right i mean i know maybe not a lot of references right like but he, even like somebody like jesus mhm Right, Josephus refers to, to to Jesus, which suggests perhaps that there's a historical person called Jesus. Right, right. You know, we I mean, don't even have anything like that. I mean, yeah, he may I mean, you know, all the religious stuff maybe yeah. added onto him oh, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. But we have at least the possibility that he exists because mm-hmm. we have a reference to him external to the Bible. Right. We don't have any reference to Atlantis external to Plato. Mm-hmm before before plato right and if this is such a great civilization somebody would have referred to it
1: why haven't we found uh you know texts from exactly. atlantis exactly or right. you know or or cds because you exactly. know they were so advanced you know they probably would have come up with you know at least the floppy disk
2: of course <laughs> of course they had, they had nuclear power they had nuclear power
1: so the the civilization was supposedly like nine thousand years old, wasn't it?
2: At the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so,
0: yes, you
1: there's could no tell, other reference to it. You, you could probably tell I watched the Lady of the Library, and you know, mm-hmm. which I will link to that video as well.
2: That was very. I I, I watched some of that video. That's a very good video. I like. Oh it. yeah, she goes into a lot more depth than I do.
1: Right. You know? <laughs>
2: So, um and she makes the same point that nobody else refers to right. Atlantis before Plato and it's like, come on. <clears throat> yeah,
1: it's a it's a fascinating topic and uh, you know, I I will I will confess right now, uh at about fifteen minutes and forty seconds in this episode, that I at one time was a believer that Atlantis existed. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I read books and yeah. I learned that Oh no, it didn't exist. Oh, and I, I, I asked people like you know, the equivalent of like a Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier, yeah, to you know to ask you know, did Atlantis exist? No, it did not. It was written. Uh, Play- Plato wrote like, I will make you know, I'm a writer. I will make up stories about you know a fake city uh you know i I will build my own world yeah but it's gonna look very close to like oh say uh i don't know cleveland ohio sure because this is where i grew up this is where this is where i live this is what i know so i'm gonna add elements of my own upbringing into this world mm. and exactly. that's all that's all he you know i've I remember watching a uh, quote unquote history channel documentary, quote unquote documentary. <laughs> uh, Everything
2: there needs a quote quotes around it. Except oh, maybe yeah. channel. Except maybe channel. Okay. Yeah, it is it is a channel. <laughs> it is a channel.
1: Um but you know, if you know anything about, you know, quote unquote history channel, okay, uh quotes are, are implied from here on out. Yes. Um anytime I mention history channel, um But they said, you know, uh, Atlantis bore a a striking resemblance to Troy. And it's like, uh, yeah, that would, you know, Troy was around when Plato wrote, you know, his dialogues. So... You know, that, that would make sense that, you know, hey, it looks kind of like the place where the guy lived who wrote it.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I keep going back to Star Wars, but think of Star Wars. It's essentially mm-hmm. a Western mm-hmm. with Eastern philosophy. Oh, yeah. Right. So you you like you look at, at Star Wars. Lucas has built his own world, mm-hmm. but you can see the influences. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. In the same way, you can see the influences on Plato. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a real place, though.
1: Right. Uh, so So it, it happened, and people believe that this place actually exists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and are willing to uh, stake their reputations on it. hmm It's true. Um <laughs> And e- e- even if they really don't have a reputation, <laughs> Edgar Cayce, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, he has no reputation to really sully anyway, but uh, he believed in, well, well, didn't he commune with the Atlanteans?
2: Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into his ideas in a bit. Um, but the, fir- the first one to really kind of, talk about Atlantis, aside from Plato, Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there had been other references to it too, but the the first real kind of modern attempt to kind of explain Atlantis as a real place um, was uh, Ignatius Donnelly, Hmm. um, who was actually a Minnesota congressman. (laughs) <laughs> uh <laughs> he was he was he was a congress in the congress uh from uh 1863 to 1869 he was also a state representative for a while in the state mm-hmm. legislature right. um and he wrote a book called atlantis the antediluvian world in 1898 this was this was this was just after he he lost his last election um, i can't and imagine Andrew, why antediluvian for those of people who don't know what antediluvian mean it just means the time before the flood
1: okay oh okay
2: the great flood antediluvian is um mm. people decided we needed to a word to sort of designate times before the flood and time after the flood for some oh, reason.
1: And, and then the time during is called the nowakian yeah. flood era yeah. which by the way none of those things actually none of those things actually follow uh <laughs> because they don't make sense um there was no flood but well that's that's a topic for another day
2: um but what he does is is he tries to bring a kind of scientific aspect to it right you know and what he does is he he analyzes culture um sort of like what i do Mm -hmm. you know um, and he analyzes language, also kind of sort of like what I do. Uh, and because there are a lot of similarities, and this is a thing that you find a lot, a lot throughout this, no matter which side of the, which side of the Atlantis belief you're on, whether you're kind of the Casey spiritualist kind of reincarnation stuff,
0: mm-hmm. or
2: the Donnelly uh, slash Berlitz sort of pseudo scientific um, mm-hmm. part of it that doesn't have that kind of spiritual aspect to it, too. One of the things that they always talk about is a lot of similarities in language. Right. Um, and Berlitz will even... I'll talk a little bit more about Berlitz later, but Berlitz even sort of talks about how, you know, you get the Atlantic Ocean, mm-hmm. right? The the idea that there's a lot of similarities in language, you know, and that sound at, at land, like those, mm-hmm. those kinds of sounds are you you get them in egypt you get you get it you get it in in the aztecs you get it in english you know and Mm -hmm. and there are there are similarities it's true they're they're right however the problem is um there are only so many sounds that a human body can make (laughs) there's going to be overlap
1: i'm i'm gonna you know I am I'm, I'm just gonna bite my tongue on that because I can I can make really crude jokes here, but I won't. Of course. Of course.
0: <laughs> so
2: you know. Um so there there's only gonna be so many sounds that you can make. Right. Um Um if you're doing it well you make more sounds, of course. <laughs> um but <laughs> there's there's the crude mark. R- crude mark. Um you know Thank So you, you, you know, I did it for you. I jumped on that <laughs> grenade for you. So yeah, and this is this is this, and this is why I say pseudoscientific, is because you know we've got all these different sounds, mm-hmm. and they're all spelled the same way, but of course when we get like Atlantis and Atlantic, and all these kinds of uh, words, they're kind of anglicized versions of sounds, mm-hmm. right? Like we're writing it in English, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, Plato wouldn't wouldn't have written Atlantis the way we write it because right. he's speaking ancient Greek, you know. And so, all of these, all of that—that's the other kind of thing that 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 in their pseudo scientific method kind of falls apart. Is like there 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 is a homogenized spelling, but that's because a lot of the people writing about it are speaking English and writing in English and they're imposing kind of an English language, an English spelling, even perhaps at times an English pronunciation Mm -hmm. on the words. So because of that, of course they're going to sound alike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, um, and Donnelly is also the one, Probably where uh, you can talk about this part if you want that the, where the kind of the Nazism comes mm. in, um, not because he was a Nazi. Right. But the, he, he also suggests that they were uh, that Atlantis was the place where humans first became civilized. Mm. And they were these kind and he, he describes them as these kind of tall Aryan blue eyed people.
1: Ah yes blonde hair blue-eyed ah the exactly. Aryan, the the Aryan atlantean race
0: <laughs>
2: exactly and this is where as it as it has a habit of doing Nazism and believers in Nazism kind of bring that idea along because he mm-hmm. those that's the language that he uses
1: mm-hmm. well, so they, like they, say they co-opted it I mean
2: exactly in the same way they co-opted the the swastika mm-hmm which was an a, an ancient symbol of good luck, mm-hmm. yeah. And they, I mean, they they twisted it and turned it, right? And moved it around, so it's it, it's not exactly the same. But it's
1: it's normally, I I believe in uh what is it Indo Indo uh, not, uh I want to say Indo Indo European, but uh, I'm wrong there. Yeah. Um, Indian, but South like China. Indian and uh, Egyptian Indo- culture and yeah hindu it's usually depicted as a square like yeah. you know flat flat on you know on the on the uh bottom you know top yeah. and bottom exactly whereas the nazis you know they turned it into sure. a diamond
2: yeah because a diamond it's it's supposed it's supposed to represent sort of the marching mhm marching feet. That's that's really what why they they sort of twist turned it mm-hmm. is it it's to represent that kind of marching feet you right. know of nazism and stuff like that. Yeah. You know the etern- the eternal march um, <sighs> you know the, the thousand year reich that lasted less than 20 years. But anyway, um, <laughs> so so he's kind of the one who kind of sows the seeds for that kind of thing. Like right. I say Don Lee had no intention of because he died in 1901, so right. there's no way that he was he was thinking, you know. But they, they they co-opted his ideas, you know, and that idea of the Aryan. Oh, he kind of he kind of puts them not as blonde but as redheads, mm. um, you know. And so we, we we see him, and you know he. One of the things that he talks about, and, and uh Casey Edgar Casey picks up on on this idea too. So one of the things that Donnelly says is that there are a lot of uh, of descendants of Atlanteans in uh, the United States, uh, you know, because because a lot of uh, indigenous peoples, he he argues, are immigrants from Atlantis. Right. And a lot of Egyptians as well, um, because when the when Atlantis was destroyed, that's where the survivors went. Mm hmm. Right, oh, yeah. you know, they they went east and west. Now, I mean, there as, obviously there was also immigration and stuff like that as well. Right, as, but, as you so, do though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and so which, that's why he he attributes the similarities in languages, the similarities in culture, is because the Atlanteans sort of arrived, and because they were the more advanced race, they were able to kind of influence the language and the culture right you know, and that's why you, you get the aztecs with similar sounds to the egyptians hmm. it's because that that that's evidence of the influence of atlantis right you
1: know. <clears throat> <sighs> yeah this is um this is fascinating so he was uh, cuz i know prior prior to donnelly uh there there were, you know others wrote um sure. Influenced by Plato's writing of uh, uh, Atlantis, like uh, Sir Thomas More, you know, he wrote, in- influenced by it, but he never believed that it was a real place. He knew what Plato meant. Am I right? Or
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so he created, he created, he wrote the the book Utopia. Yes, which is not about Atlantis, but is heavily influenced by right. Atlantis.
1: So so Donnelly is the first one to, like, publicly, I mean, maybe there were people, you know, maybe yeah. there were little pockets of people here and there, sure. you know, before him that believed it was real. But he's the first one who really, you know, he wrote the book on it, basically. He, tra-
2: he tried to prove it. He yeah. tried to prove it.
1: And I think he um, failed? <laughs> well, yeah. he, he failed in proving it, but... Uh, he definitely succeeded in uh uh cultivating a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I is this really a conspiracy theory or is I this um, is more right. of this this is more of like a supernatural belief than anything else. It's yeah. Not,
2: it feeds into conspiracy theories You're because right. it becomes one of those things that the government's not telling you about. Hmm. It, in, in that way, like like the destruction of Atlantis isn't necessarily a conspiracy, but the uh, suppression of the knowledge that Atlantis was a real place becomes part of the conspiracy theory. Okay. Right. That makes sense. You know, they, they didn't tell you about aliens. They they also didn't tell you about Atlantis. <laughs> it's that it's that kind of yeah. thing,
1: right? You we know? we we have to get a, aliens in there. Yep. Of this course. takes us this takes us right back to in search of. Uh- <laughs> it does uh, so so who's next?
2: Well let's let's go to Edgar Casey.
1: Okay let's go to Edgar Casey.
2: Okay. Ed, Edgar Casey. Um if Edgar it Edgar Casey's belief and his views of Atlantis would be actually really interesting if he didn't think they were true. Okay. Because if, if you if you read his stuff, and like I said, I I have just fin- re- finished rereading the book. Um, if you read his the stuff that he talks about, right, it, it becomes a and, and you don't believe it right? You think of it as fiction. Mm -hmm. It becomes a very interesting metaphor about the ways in which humanity is destroying itself. Right. Because if you read it without the the kind of spiritual level, which I'll get into in a minute, that's really what what he's talking about. How this advanced civilization created all these kind of this this great power. Um, they they had they had um, what seems to be, or at least in his son's uh, in his son's interpretation, seems to be the creation of atomic power.
1: Ah, okay,
2: right. And so, if you read it, I mean, you know, Casey dies in in forty five, so you can kind of read it as a kind of. Uh, a a kind of fable or an allegory about the ways in which humanity is destroying itself, which culminates in possible nuclear destruction. Right. Because what happens for for Casey is that ultimately there's a war in Atlantis Mm -hmm. between the people who have lost— the spiritual aspect of their, of their lives and the people who follow what he refers to as the sons of Belial, Hmm. which is clearly evil people, right? (laughs) Right? It Hmm. becomes for him, it becomes a fight, a fight between good and evil. Hmm. And there's this kind of constant war and it's this constant war, this constant high, highly technical war, which leads to the destruction of Atlantis, Hmm. which on like uh, going back to Orwell, like like the level of Orwell, that the, you know, using it as an allegory, that can be a very powerful allegory about how humanity is destroying itself. Right. Unfortunately, he has this kind of spiritual aspect, right? And what what he, what he says is that um, uh, this is going to sound weird. So he kind of believes in evolution. Hmm. Um, And so humans are evolving. Right. And then at some point, um, these spiritual beings decide that they want a corporeal form. Okay. And so they kind of en masse insert themselves into early humans. Oh. So... Evolution was developing, go, going along fine, and then these spiritual beings interrupt evolution. But but it gets better because some of them, because they're spiritual beings, they see all these 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 creatures and these animals, um, and they don't know the difference.
0: Right. So some
2: of them actually go into animals. Like actual animals, like dogs and cats and bears, and you know, <laughs> so some of them go into animals, and and then there's a point where you know some of these animalistic um, figures who who take the side of the sons of Belial in the war against uh, the sons of the law of one, okay. um, and so and so that's where the Atlanteans come from, is this kind of this sort of spiritual world, these spiritual beings sort of just basically hijack this, these, these animals that are, and one of the group of animals that they, they take are humans. Um, now some of them lose their connection with the spiritual world um and they become the sons of Belial they be, they be and they and they start having parties and mm. doing all that kind of stuff um you know um it's 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 very if you read it it's very much like god versus the devil kind of idea right, right? um, um
1: and- <laughs> this you know hear, hearing that uh you kind of see where somebody else might have been influenced uh you know possibly uh, Mr. Hubbard yep you know definitely. with the, with the Thetans definitely um, yeah it is definitely um,
2: yeah <laughs> and Jesus makes an appearance because he he's, Of course he does he has he, to because you know the 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 one <laughs> who I guess is God mm-hmm. um, he sends Jesus down to try and bring back, to to, mm-hmm. to stop the war between the the sons of the law of one and the sons of, of Belial. Of course. So so Jesus does become that kind of mess- messianic kind of mm. character as well. Um, oh yay! Um, and 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 also he also. Casey also believes in reincarnation, which is why I said earlier that hmm. he he talks about how in some of his readings, um, because if it, it, it for people who don't know, he, he he would sleep during his readings. He would go right. on this yes. kind of translates like like he, when he was awake, he had no special powers.
1: Right. He, he was, was known only when as, he, was he was known as the sleeping prophet. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, exactly. I am. F- I am familiar with Edgar Cayce. Um, yeah. I won't say how. No, I did not believe in him. Yeah. Uh, I do know somebody that did, and I found it, uh, and still find it kind of uh, comical. Yeah.
2: Um, um yeah, and, and and as um, Robert Todd Carroll in his book, The Skeptic's Dictionary, says, uh, Casey is one of the main people responsible for some of the sillier notions about Atlantis. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes um cuz they had crystal they had crystal power they they now one you they, they, they that's where that's where they got their power from they, mm. they got their power from crystals um although they do have to seem to seem to have some kind of atomic power right um but but here's my favorite part okay they had a death ray you add a death ray and i'm yours man you i love death rays give me a, give me a good death ray um
1: Okay, so this reminds me uh, one of the f- um, one of my favorite episodes of uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand mm-hmm. is an episode where they talk about a movie called Danger Death Ray. Yeah, and my favorite line from that whole movie, the whole actual movie, is I this death ray should only be used for peaceful purposes.
2: <laughs> yep. Now, he also believed Casey also believed that the United States was going to rediscover the death ray in 1958. Okay. Um, which his son, uh, who's also named Edgar Edgar Evans, Casey, um, says that, well, well in 1958 or around 1958, they discovered the antiproton. Hmm. So the antiproton clearly is a death ray. Like, okay, okay,
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: I mean, it's they discovered the antiproton, and yet you know, uh, we're still here.
2: Yes. Well, because they destroyed themselves first. We're
1: we're not under the you know we're we're not under any like imminent danger of antiprotons. At least I don't think so. Unless they're not telling us something,
2: because they have a death ray. Trust they me.
1: they have a death ray. Of they course they a, do.
2: They have a death ray. Uh,
1: See, I was you hoping know. Would, you know if it was like nineteen sixty eight, you know that he said this, then you know yep. maybe it was hidden on the moon.
2: Yep. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you mock, but you know, sur- uh, surprisingly, you know who who was a specialist in death rays. Who? Elvis Presley. That's why he faked his death, so that he could then go and take care of the United States' death ray and their death ray pro- project, you know?
1: That That's it. You just, you, you broke my brain permanently.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, somebody had to do it. Why not the king of rock and roll, right?
1: I think we give Elvis just a... <laughs> A little too much credit for things that he possibly can't have credit for. Yeah. I mean. That's fun to do. I, he, he was, uh, you know, he was a hell of an entertainer. Beyond that.
2: <sighs> apparently, and this is a, a, a slight uh, um, tangent, but apparently he heard voices in his head. Who? Elvis? Elvis. Yeah, Elvis.
1: I don't um, doubt it.
2: Because I've just rewatched almost the entirety of Unsolved Mysteries, because for some reason not all the episodes are on Prime, but I've just completely watched all the Unsolved Mysteries. Um, and they talk about the missing twin, mm. like like twins whose twin has died in birth. Right. And Elvis always claimed that, his, because he was a twin, but his his twin died at birth. Right. Um, and he always claimed that his other twin was speaking to him. Hmm. And so he, he would he- hear voices. So that's the guy you want in charge of your death ray. If there's any guy you want in charge of your death ray, you want you want the guy who hears the, 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 de- the voice of his dead twin.
1: I, I somehow wish this was a video podcast just so people could <laughs> see my absolute exasperation.
2: Look, I have to, I have to, I have to have some kind of lasting legacy on all this, <laughs> all this stuff. And if it's people start believing that Elvis is in charge of the American Death Ray program, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so that's that's essentially what 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 Casey says. You know, and and for Casey, I mean, and this is where Casey is a little bit different from the others, because most of the others sort of posit the idea that it was this kind of cataclysmic kind of destruction of the planet uh, of the continent that happened all at once. Whereas Casey says it doesn't, it didn't happen that way. It was a gradual process. It was Uh a gradual process, progress process through war and destruction and famine and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, which, which, as I said, if, if you, if you take away kind of the spiritual stuff, it becomes a very interesting metaphor Mm -hmm. for the, the progress of, of humanity Mm -hmm. You know, if, if he if you if you wrote it like, you know, Orwell does in nineteen eighty four, Animal Farm as a kind of allegory. Right. Then it becomes something really sort of intellectually interesting and you can sort of, you know, talk about it and, and make connections in, in the in quote unquote the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he adds this kind of spiritual aspect to it in, in, in which, you know, the these spiritual beings just kind of insert themselves into these developing creatures. Right. Um, And and he literally says they interrupt evolution, right? Because of that,
1: you know. I want to. I I want to. I want to Futurama myself for two thousand years, and uh, just to see what stories, you know, what what fictional tales today are going to be, you know, the. Completely ridiculous, uh, you know, supernatural mythologies that yep. people believe in. I mean, Ho- Elvis Hogwarts. and Death
2: Race. Elvis and Death Race.
1: Well, Yeah, maybe they'll listen to this episode. Um, you know, Hogwarts will be, a, you know, a real place um, where the Great War of the Wizards took place. Um, yep. Uh, Star Wars will be, you know, right here on Earth. Yep. Um, Star Trek will be right here on
2: Earth. Um, yeah, the great Star Wars Star Trek War.
1: Oh oh yeah, 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 yeah. there we go. Oh man.
2: yep. Um, and, and before we we leave Casey, we, we should also point out that he too believe like like Ignatius Donnelly, he too believes that when Atlantis is going through this trouble, there were immigrants who left Atlantis and went both east and west. Um, you know they they end up in again the, for some reason the 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 indigenous people um, the quote unquote the Indians um, and end up being descendants of Atlanteans mm. and the Egyptians do and apparently the Sphinx because um, nobody really knows what, the, what what the Sphinx was there for uh, and he, like 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 what what why they built the Sphinx nobody quite knows what, why they built the Sphinx but It was Um, something to do. (laughs) You know, it could have been a lawn ornament. It could have been a lawn ornament. uh, Rather, large lawn ornament. Um, (laughs) Maybe it was somebody's dog. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But but what Casey says is that it's where the Egyptians kept the knowledge and information and documents about Atlantis. uh Uh-huh. There were other places, too, but they were destroyed because, you know.
1: Right. Uh, the Library of Al- Alexandria, no doubt. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, and and so and so, the the Sphinx becomes part becomes part of the Egyptian computer, where they have you know it's it's like an old floppy disk, right? Oh yeah. Uh, which we can't access anymore because we don't mm-hmm. have the technology to access floppy disks floppy disks anymore, unless, um, unless weirdos like you have uh, old machines. I'm
1: looking at a <laughs> I'm looking at a three and a half and a five and a quarter inch over here.
2: There You go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what the Sphinx is.
1: Although um, mine mine are Apple formatted. Um right, right. uh, Sphinx. Dear Lord. Sphinx is Android. This sounds like another episode. <laughs> Egypt. The the Egyptian computers. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh Lordy.
2: Yep. So, so, those are kind kind of his. I'm, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. He goes into a lot more detail, right. but on that, those are kind of the ideas of of Edgar Casey, or at least the interpretations of his son about what Edgar mm-hmm. Casey said.
1: Oh, Lordy. So,
2: so we should end with Charles Berlitz. I yes. mean, may not be Charles Berlitz, but we should talk about Charles Berlitz. Let's
1: talk um, about Charles Berlitz
2: um grandson of the berlitz language schools uh, well not grandson of the schools but grandson of the guy who founded the schools um so he was wealthy (laughs) that's what i'm saying and and berlitz is is kind of an interesting figure in these kind of worlds of paranormal weird conspiracy places because he writes a lot of the books that kind of um, establish these ideas, right? Right. Like he writes about Atlantis. He's one of the first people to, in, in, in a whole book form to try to explain the Bermuda triangle. Hmm. He's one of the first people in, again, in book form. I mean, he's, he's building on other people's research as right. well. Uh, he, he's one of the first ones um, to talk about Roswell. He's one of the first ones to talk about the Philadelphia Experiment, which was that that experiment during World War II, um, in which the U.S. Navy had this new kind of radar that this new this new kind of invisibility cloak mm. that that could that could render their um, ships invisible nah. to radar, like literally invisible. But but suddenly the ship disappears.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it reappears, and weird things are happening. Um, it, there, that, that would be an, that can be another. That, that, was, so much um, up to that next, was that another, that that was so.
1: uh, that was invented in tandem with the death ray.
2: Yeah, of course, of course.
1: And uh, Jerry Lee Lewis was in charge of that project.
2: Well, yeah, well, Elvis, <laughs> couldn't, do, well, Elvis <laughs> couldn't do it all. Elvis couldn't do it all. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> I mean, Elvis couldn't do it all. I mean, you know, I mean, he was only one man, you know. Oh, Lord. Uh, and, and, and so Berlitz is, is one of these guys who uh, kind of popularizes all of these kinds of ideas. Right. You know. Because he's 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 writing he's write, literally writing the first books about some of them. Mm-hmm. Now, ov- obviously, as we've talked about, he's not the first one to write about Atlantis, um, but Roswell he's the first one to sort of write a book about Roswell. He he writes about the Philadelphia Experiment. He writes about the Bermuda Triangle. He actually links Atlantis to the Bermuda Triangle because that's mm-hmm. where Atlantis is. As my ba- my bad gag at the beginning pointed out, mm-hmm. um, he believed that the that part of the th- Part of the pro- problems that people are having in the Bermuda Triangle um, is because Atlantis was there, and it's creating this kind of in- influence. Uh huh.
1: Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it is.
2: But he's 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 more like um, Ignatius Donnelly in that he tries to use scientific methods,
1: right, uh,
2: rather than sort of spiritual stuff, right? Like he, he, he doesn't talk. I mean, Casey, um, in that book, they, or at least his son does refer to, uh, scientific discoveries, but only so like, like, for example, we discover something about human evolution, Right. Right. And and he would he would say, Oh, Edgar Casey suggested this here. See if you read this, you can interpret it this way. Right? Sort of like Nostradamus, mm-hmm. right? You, something you can interpret any way you want. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, ask where me, where
1: Ask me about Nostradamus.
2: You know, what about Nostradamus? Well, who is who is Nostradamus? Well,
1: I'm I'm telling the listener to ask yes. me about Nostradamus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Berlitz is a kind of kind of sort of doing this kind of scientific thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's also one of the ones who talks about how, you know, um, Atslan, um, the, 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 Berbers, um, have this, uh, in, in North Africa, have this at Atala, mm. which was more like kingdom Island. Right. They talk um, and, and the, um, Aztecs had Astlan, which was an Island, that's, off the coast, right? That, and it's that's starting like, to sound dirty. Mm-hmm, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, you know. We've we've got Atl- uh, Atlantic, Atlas, and so he says, "Ah, look, look! So we've got Aztlán and Atala mm-hmm. on two different parts of the world. Oh, uh, they must refer. They must, and they're both islands. Mm-hmm. So they must refer." Atlantis.
1: It, it was a magical floating island that was. could transport anywhere, apparently.
2: It was. It was. If, if we're in the clouds, I, I would go with Jonathan Swift, but mm-hmm. uh, because, because he talks about in um, Lilliput, the Gulliver's, advent, Gulliver's Travels, he talks about this floating island in clouds. Right. Just so, again. She,
1: so, just just to, uh, you know, start wrapping this up, um, I will say that Atlantis does have a lot in common with Elvis. Yes. As in, it's been sighted in more locations than you could possibly imagine.
2: Well, yeah. Actually
1: that, not being there.
2: Yeah, well, that, that, <laughs> that and also Elvis is in control of the death ray. Well, yeah,
1: but, you know, but that's why I brought this up, you know, that. Yep. Uh, you know, there's, I, I remember like not too long ago, like, uh, in the mid, I think in the mid like aughts, somebody, you know, somebody claimed that Atlantis was right. Re- oh, that's right. It was like so, somebody, um, there was, uh, an eruption somewhere, um, that, you know, create, you know, it, it. Uh it caused a uh, little tiny landmass, you know, because you know, uh magma will do that. Uh yep. it you know, it broke the surface of the water. Yeah. It was somewhere around um everybody drink, Manoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the Manoans pop up.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, you'll hear the Minoans in the, uh, Lady of the Library video that I linked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 but yeah, I remember that cause it was like, you know, this is a sign that 2012 is going to be, you know, the end of the world. Yeah. Cause you know, of course, when you're talking about Atlantis, you also have to talk about the Mayans, uh, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, may, maybe Nibiru is the lost city, you know, the lost continent of Atlantis coming back mm-hmm. at us. You know, it got mm-hmm. shot off into space. Yep. How about that? You yeah, know, see, I awesome. can make I can make up stories, too.
2: You know, and I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> Oh Lordy! Also, Charles Berlitz referred to um, H.G. Wells as a British historian. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. He's a novelist. H.G. <laughs> Wells. H.G. Wells. The well- guy who, the he's guy who wrote historian, the historian H.G. Wells.
1: Like, the the guy who wrote the uh, historical tale of the time machine. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And the War of the Worlds.
1: Uh huh. Um. By, by the way, and uh, I didn't realize how many location hypotheses of Atlantis there are. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's enough to actually warrant its own Wikipedia page. Yeah. yeah. Which the, the,
2: the I will Robert, also. The poet Robert Graves also, um, at one point, this, this is how widespread it is. Like, like, Robert Graves, like he wrote I, Claudius. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he did a bunch of stuff on, on on Greek myths, and he suggested that Atlantis was in the North Sea, <laughs> because we know there was actually a Doggerland, I think it was called, where that that linked what is now the United Kingdom to Europe, mm-hmm. and so he suggested <laughs> that Atlantis was there, which in terms of sort of scientific theories is probably the most scientific <laughs> in the sense that we know there was something there there was a landmass there now it wasn't atlantis obviously but that's the most scientific mm-hmm. and and it was a, an english poet and novelist <laughs> that suggested it but you know and Berlitz thought it was in the bermuda triangle so, uh,
1: of course, because our, oh yeah, the, oh yeah, we got to throw the Bermuda Triangle in there. Of you know, we
2: got to throw everything in.
1: Let's just let's just make up the ultimate, uh, you know the the ultimate end of the world scenario sure. where everything happens.
2: Right, aliens come down to the Bermuda Triangle. Elvis they, comes with it. The, Elvis comes with his Atlantis. death ray. Yeah, he comes, he brings a death ray. <laughs> they they spend their time sort of teaching the Egyptians how to build pyramids. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, it's it's insane. Um uh,
2: They're also responsible for making "You Light Up My Life" the number one song.
1: Dear God. All right, uh, there, <laughs> that's, There's that's no how they are. That's
2: how evil. There. That's oh, how evil. There.
1: God. They like Debbie Boone. What the? They, they also they also voted. Uh, they also voted en masse for uh, Karen Carpenter to be the greatest drummer of 1976. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was 76.
2: You know, um, who do you think Bernie Ledden and Patty Davis were singing "I Wish You Peace" to? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that, that was
2: that was just to make Oliver's brain mm-hmm. explode. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's for you, uh, Oliver.
1: Oh, so. Steve, this has been uh, an interesting, interesting uh, side note to you know, a little, a little veer off off the UFO course.
2: And the most interesting or frightening thing, depending on your perspective, is that we did not get, we didn't even scratch the surface. Oh God, no. Like there's just so, because it's that, it's that kind of thing, like conspiracies,
1: mm-hmm. it,
2: it just kind of breeds m- more theories, and, right? And, you know, and branches off.
1: And, and people make stuff up. You know, they, they put their own,
2: uh,
1: people put their own, uh, prejudices, their own, uh, their, their own likes, their own dislikes on the conspiracy theory, you know, on, yes. on this idea. And it just takes off from there,
2: exactly. And and it's and it's you know it's and I could keep coming back to the idea of somebody like King Arthur
0: mm-hmm.
2: because there because Atlantis doesn't exist. Um, you can you can you can do say whatever you want about it. Mm-hmm. In the same way with King Arthur, you you could you can create new tales about King Arthur because there's no historical figure that you can right look back it's not like say winston churchill or adolf Mm -hmm. hitler right there are historical things that you can't do with them right right um you know the the, there there is a limitation that you have because of history right because of like we know what they did Mm -hmm. um you know you you, you you could expand upon it and suggest other things but not in the same way you can do with atlantis because you can just create a whole you you could literally say everyone else has gotten it wrong mm-hmm. and this is it right you know elvis created it along with his death ray right you you, <laughs> could, you could just say everybody else is wrong i'm right and this is this is the act this is the true story of atlantis mm-hmm. because yeah <laughs> right um, I mean, you y- can't you, there's right. no way to sort of argue against it because mm-hmm. You know, Atlantis is a made-up place. Right. That's what Plato did. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) That's what Plato said. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, "Here's this place. I'm going to I'm going to talk about this place. I'm going to make this place up."
1: (sighs) I mean, yeah. I mean, this people people essentially write fan fiction about Atlantis.
2: Basically, what it is, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, the, the same way they do for like uh, Harry, the Harry Potter universe or Star of Wars. Of course.
2: And the thing is and I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing, but with our now our kind of ancient aliens, UFOs, conspiracy theory, alternative heyday that we're kind of in where everybody's writing about it. On TV and books, you you can make money off of it too. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Right? Like like you, you 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 could make money writing about how Elvis is into the death ray stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and make money off of it because people will buy it and they'll they'll put it on T and they'll they'll put you on TV, <laughs> right? Because they need they need content, right? So oh, yeah. you know, Discovery Plus needs something other than ghost ghost hunting, and mm-hmm. you know,
0: um, oh,
1: ghost hunting.
2: I have to do a Karen, show on ghost hunting at some point. Karen, well yeah, Karen and my wife are binging ghost hunt mm-hmm. ghost hunting. Oh god. Ep shows. Um uh, it's, it's very it's very difficult for me because I'm an atheist because they mm-hmm. they start talking about doorways to hell and portals to hell and it's mm-hmm. like like I I can almost believe that ghosts exist, but it's like dude, there are no such thing as demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like huh. Karen Osborne is doing that stuff now. What's that? He's, Jack Osborne has a TV show um, called Portals to Hell, which I haven't watched yet, but I probably will because I'm this, a sucker for
1: This will be a conversation for another time. Okay. Maybe we'll do. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see each other this weekend. We are in Hamilton, so. Uh,
2: in Ontario.
1: Maybe we'll maybe we'll sit down and have a, just a casual discussion with a, with a few people.
2: Yeah, that might sound sounds like a good idea.
1: This sound this sounds like fun. There might be there might be another, ladies and gentlemen. There there might be uh, another episode of uh, Illuminati Social Club coming. You know, before two mm. months is up.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> and at some point, I do have to get this ball rolling here. Um, Steve, thank you for thank you for coming on and always fun talking about such
2: uh, such a fun. Topic. Yep. Elvis and death rays.
1: Elvis and death rays.
2: Get back to me in ten years. That'll be the that'll be the new hot thing. Uh huh. I need to develop it a little bit more, but so. in ten years, we'll, we'll, everybody will be talking about Elvis. Ancient aliens will be talking about how it wasn't really Elvis; it was the aliens. Mm-hmm. But you know, but remember, it was a it was Elvis, Elvis and the death ray.
1: Alrighty. Uh, Steve, uh, where can people find you if they want to, you know, talk more about Elvis and death rays and Atlantis and UFOs and
2: and you all can, sorts of stuff? You can find me on the Twitter at Doc Pinko.
1: Excellent. You could find me at Alien CG, and you could find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, Steve. Once again, thank you, thank you, no thank problem. you for such a great episode. And uh, I enjoyed I, it. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See ya.